With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. You're listening to Green and Gold Break Cup Week on 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Yeah, we've had some legends on the show, no doubt about it. The Giz, Brian Kelly, Adarius Bowman, Kenny Stafford. And we dive right back into Green and Gold Great Cup Week with the coach, the head coach of the five-in-a-row team from 78 to 82. We welcome back to Inside Sports and 630 Shed, the one and only Hugh Campbell. Hugh, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Reed. Good to talk to you. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Man, it's been fun talking to uh, some former players, getting some of their memories and, and hearing from, from fans as well. And, and it's good to have you on the show too. Hey, first of all, let, let people know what you're up to these days. How are you keeping? I'm doing well. Things are good. Um, we've been spending a lot of time in Idaho with the virus, trying to stay away from it as far as we can. Now, do you find yourself uh, watching a lot of NFL or college football this fall? Or I don't know if you followed the hockey or the NBA when they were in their bubbles. What have you been tuning into? No, we we um, <clears throat> we uh, keep track of what's going on there, but we're missing the CFL. We're wishing that uh, gets turned around as soon as possible and uh, get fans in the stands and get things going back, uh, having the CFL be... Uh, at the center of what's going on in the summer and fall. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, Randy Ambrosi's talking uh, optimistically about it being back for next season, and they want to put out a schedule pretty soon. So, yeah, we, we want the game back pretty bad. Hugh, man, I, I love I love when we have a chance to chat. I almost don't know where to begin, but I'm going to start here. I referenced Brian Kelly was on the show. He was on on Monday, and we were talking about the game in 81 where – you fell behind and you had to win on our last uh, play field goal by Dave Cutler, who's, who's coming up a little bit later on. And I said to Brian Kelly, when it's halftime and you're down by 19 points, who really took the lead in trying to say something inspirational or keep spirits high. And Brian said, well, the players kind of took it upon themselves because the coaches didn't have a lot of inspirational speeches for being down 19 when you were favored by 30. <laughs> How do you remember that halftime? <laughs> well, that's a good line. I think we were very um, serious and businesslike at the halftime. Um, none of us had any reason to think it was out of reach. And uh, I know that the fact that Wilkie was going to play a little bit to kind of settle things down and all that. I think that that was a, I think what we did was more important than what anybody said, but uh, people had a, a feeling that it was Wilkie's uh, last game and uh, he did a good job of, of saying that he'd, uh, you know, he'd be in there for a while, but Warren was going to have to come back in and win it. And I think that that, 
team uh, spirit was throughout the whole locker room. I don't think there were any of us that didn't think we could win the game. I think that there were, all of us felt we could have played better the first half. Yeah. Uh, maybe this is like trying to pick, uh, pick your favorite kid or, or whatever, but was was there was there a best team out of this and every every team you coached went to the the gray cup so they were all great teams the last five won that 81 team was 14 one and one was there a a best team in that bunch in your mind no i looked at it as one total team even though there were new players every year there were five or even six new players on the team and that meant five or six guys had retired and football's a sport like that where the careers are relatively short and uh, so there's a rotation going on but it was uh, filling in and the team improving each year uh, the team in back the team that went to the Grey Cup but did not win was a team that fought for its life every week and, and had some dramatic wins and ended up winning a playoff game that we were underdogs in. We won the playoff game in a score like, I, I'm going to say, 33-1, to 1, I think it was, something close to that. And that team then came back the next year stronger and uh, – uh, after uh, it had the next week after that game had lost the Grey Cup and then we came back the next year stronger and I think it grew through the years um, but I think that there's a nucleus of guys each year that that might that year might have been their favorite year because of how old they were and how long, many more years they had after and so on. So there were some of that group that went through and played all six years. There were others that played five and four and some that just had one year of it. But in every case, they had something to do with the win that season. So I think they all looked on each other uh, as part of the reason we won. And as I said many times, but I think it's important to mention, none of those players got the... Um, recognition that they would have received had they been on another team where they are, uh, would have been more the, the star of the team instead of being a part of a group where whoever stepped forward, it didn't matter because uh, the idea was winning that championship and uh, it wasn't uh, having your name in the paper as in a headline. Hugh, obviously you played in the CFL and, and then you have the, the great run here in Edmonton. I, I'm wondering if, do you feel you changed a lot as a coach during those six years or maybe you just kind of learned some subtleties uh, along the way, maybe when you needed to poke and prod or put an arm around a guy? I, I don't know. I'm just wondering if, if, if you look back and or when you left Edmonton, if, if you thought, man, I'm, re I'm really a different coach than, than when I started or how you reflect on that era personally. Well, I was a pretty young coach. I think, the matter of fact, the first year I coached in Edmonton, I was the youngest head coach in all of pro sports. And so I, I definitely had a lot to learn and even the last day I coached, I probably still had a lot more I could learn. But I, it, it went through the years. I've uh, got to have a, a better feel for the players and know uh, which, you know, what, which, what motivated different players. 
and there were just different uh, ways to get the job done. But it was a lot, mostly trying to get players to be self-motivated, have them recognize the situation. And I think one of the coaching, back when I was playing, I was um, determined to be what at the time I thought I'd be a high school coach. And I, so I was always kind of had my eye on what coaches said and how they did and looked at coaches on other teams and what they did. And I think that uh, one thing where I really grew on was having players make a lot of decisions themselves. So situations, they were taught certain situations that what they could do and what, what their options were based on whatever they had studied on the film bases, uh, seeing where the ball was and what the play likely was and what the team liked to do. And I think that by those team players having individual decisions made them feel more responsible, made them have a more of a open mind while playing rather than being a robot that was taught on this play you run to this hash mark and and do you know do, do whatever the coach had taught you in practice all week it was more uh, you know teaching them a lot of things and then having them let the situation see it and react to the football if they're on defense and go make a tackle Hugh, uh, a fan texted in in the last half hour of the show and, and he talked about uh, a, a player you had by the name of Don Warrington who unfortunately was was killed as a result of a car crash in um, in 1980 and and sort of how you you reacted to that and and kind of dedicated the next season to Don what do you remember about Don Warrington and and I mean that's very tragic obviously for a team to lose a to lose a player really to lose a family member in the middle of such a great run change of mood by that question but uh, he, he was a terrific uh, football player but he's also a terrific teammate type football player he was kind of the, the lead example of somebody who was unselfish and who uh, was there to make other players look good and uh, he, you know he never turned down a, a block or never turned down a hard hit uh, and he just played really good football. And it was a very uh, traumatic and dramatic thing that happened to our football team when he was killed. And it made us all, um, uh, I don't know, we band together. It was in the off season, but it was a, a time where uh, we were all very young and uh, had not uh, many times faced where we lose somebody our own age. So it was it was a very difficult thing, but it um, became part of our culture, part of our history. Somebody that was remembered from uh, that day on through every game we played while I coached there. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for answering that, Hugh. I wanted to I wanted to get that in there because a, a listener brought that up as, as one of the memories from that era, and I was I was pretty young then, so I didn't really remember that. Hugh Campbell joining us tonight as part of Green and Gold Great Cup Week here on on Inside Sports. So, uh, you know, you, you when you when you watch now and you see the National Football League. And these quarterbacks are running all over the place, and most of the snaps are out of the shotgun, and uh, they're trying to get speed going outside. 
Are you thinking like, yeah, they finally caught up to what CFL teams were doing 40 years ago? <laughs> yeah, you're you're bang on. That's exactly what I'm thinking. It, I watched that develop even back when I was coaching, but I watched that happen kind of drip, drip, drip as it went that direction. And uh, there's absolutely no question they they've the NFL has uh, done everything within their rules as of having uh, uh, so little motion and they used to be so so predictable now they're doing a lot more with the formations and with pre-snap movement to see what the defense is doing and all that and uh, they 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 might be able to help themselves by shortening their play clock just a little bit. That's the one thing that Canada, one of many things, but one thing that we have in Canada that gives us a more exciting game is is our 20-second huddle clock causes all that to happen in a short amount of time. Nowadays, the NFL lines up real quick like we do, but then they might stand there for a while, but they line up quick so the other team can't uh, change their defensive players. And then they they may or may not snap the ball for a while, standing around looking at each other and deciding what they're going to do. All right, Hugh, and, and you know people are texting in that, that they they love hearing from you and and that they loved uh, watching you coach and those teams you coached, obviously. But I, I got a bit of a fun one here. Uh, who wrote this in? James. He said, James, can you ask Mr. Campbell who started calling him Gluey Huey? So that goes back to your playing days. I, a guy in the in Saskatchewan, and I think it, I think it was a writer. Uh, in in Regina, a sports writer can't say I, right now. I'm not able to recall if it was one person in particular, but somebody in there. And it, n- not many people called me that directly. They referred to me as that, uh, but uh, it, it, I'll just uh, say it, the name stuck around so that's all <laughs> there i can we go. say <laughs> oh that's the that that is incredible uh well hugh thanks for checking in well you know i i got dave cutler coming up so i, sh- I should ask you this to, to wrap it up here um uh, i've i've I, just from interviewing people over the years hugh and and following sports um kickers sometimes get a bad rap because i i feel like they get more attention when they make a mistake because everybody just expects them to do their job and go back to the bench and maybe their their athleticism and their talent isn't always fully appreciated what do you remember about having dave cutler on those teams well dave um is a great memory and uh when i went to edmonton my first year coaching i was surprised there were three players that were the same age i was and dave was one of them and bob house and tom wilkinson and uh dave uh was the, the best thing i can say about him football wise was during part of the time that i had him he was the best kicker in the world there was no kicker in any league any team uh that was as good and consistently accurate and distance and everything but he also was clutch and uh the Grey Cup in the game you started the broadcast asked me about, 
uh, it made it easier on a head coach when you feel so confident that the kicker is going to make the kick that you play it to run out the clock and get him in position to kick the winning uh, field goal, which he did. So he was a great kicker, but he was also a team player. And he liked to think he was tough. He'd go down and uh, make a tackle on a kickoff. And we tried to teach him not to do that. But eventually some guys on the other team taught him to not do that so much by nailing him a time or two. And uh, we even put a play in where he got to run the football for a first down out of a field goal formation against BC because he was from out there originally. and. He, uh, it was a chance for him to show off around his home fans in Vancouver by um, Wilkie pretending he was going to place the ball on the ground to kick it and handing it off to uh, cut, and he ran for a first down. So that was probably his highlight as a ball, ball carrier, but great kicker, and you'll have him, uh, if he comes on the broadcast right away, uh, you better put a sponsor that can pay for an extra half hour because he won't stop talking. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get on that quick. And you gave me some ideas for things to ask him about. Hugh, it is an honor to have you on the show. Thanks for taking us back to that incredible era in green and gold history. Uh, all the best, and, and hopefully we see you up at Commonwealth Stadium next summer. Well, we'll look forward to it. All right, thank you. That is Hugh Campbell, one of the all-time greats, checking in tonight. Green and Gold Grey Cup Week on Inside Sports. Lockett with a touchdown. The kick after missed. So 13-7 Seattle leading Arizona. Seven minutes left in the second quarter of Thursday night football. Great to have Hugh Campbell on the show. My Twitter poll, you still have about 40 minutes to vote. Who's the greatest coach in Edmonton sports history? Glenn Sather leading 51.5%. Claire Drake at 30.2%. Hugh Campbell just under 15%. And Percy Page at 3.5%. Get me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. INS. We will continue with Green and Gold Grey Cup Week. Dave Cutler, former place kicker. You heard Hugh Campbell say he was the best in the world during his tenure there. Dave Cutler is coming up. 
plays. Great players. Unforgettable championships. It's Green and Gold Grey Cup Week on 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Three minutes left in the first half. 13-7 Seattle leading Arizona. We'll keep you updated on that one. Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet with a column today that uh, it was a tough day yesterday for the NHL Players Association. Didn't like the proposals coming from the National Hockey League about uh, more deferral for salary, more escrow for the upcoming season. So the negotiations continue there as they try to get a season going in the new year. We shall see what happens. The Canadian Football League confident it is going to come back. You heard from Randy Ambrosi on the show yesterday. Uh, Solomon Elamimium from the CFL Players Association was on earlier in the week. They want to play. They'll play a short season. They'll play in a bubble or in hub cities if they have to. Uh, Ambrosi said that uh, he said that he feels the time for preparing for the worst is behind them. He's pretty confident what he's hearing about the vaccines and bringing fans back and having a full CFL season. I hope he is correct. Green and gold, great cup week. You just heard from Hugh Campbell. And now, great place kicker who wore the green and gold for several seasons. Welcome Dave Cutler back to Inside Sports. Dave, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Hi, Reed. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. I, I got to dive right in here because I just asked your old coach about you. And he said this. Part of the time that I had Dave, he was the best kicker in the world. How about that? Oh, that's... That's very, very kind. And uh, and I sent you a $50 bill two weeks ago to, to deal with this, too. <laughs> well, you knew he was coming on before we did. That You're like Sherlock Holmes or something. <laughs> no, well, that's that's very kind of him. That's, uh, that's you know, thank thank you. Good God. He, 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 also, he also said um, that you'd like to run downfield on kickoffs and that we had to teach him how not to make a tackle because they didn't want you getting involved. But then he said eventually some <laughs> some opponents made you feel like maybe you didn't need to wade in. What's your, what do you remember? Well, it's, it's, Reed, it's kind of interesting because I was actually drafted as a linebacker. And, I mean, I was not a pro linebacker, but that's, but that's what I was drafted as. And uh, so, I, I mean, I wasn't uncomfortable you know, making a tackle. And uh, it was always something that, uh, you know, that was sort of cool for, for our guys to see their kicker make a tackle. And the other guy on the other side was wouldn't take off his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> what about, he said there was a story, they, they faked a kick and they, they got you to run for a first down. Do you remember that? And I did. They almost called me for delay a game. It was so slow. <laughs> <laughs> so... What, no, what was the, uh, no, it was. It, I mean, it, that was fun. You know, that was just. A, that's just the way that we uh, we approached it because the uh, the basic thing that um, football with Huey was that uh, most coaches uh, they all kind of coach the same, and uh, with Huey uh, and and his coaching staff, we uh, we would do things that were going to work. And it didn't matter who was carrying the ball, who was throwing the ball, or what was happening. Uh, it was we just did things a little differently. Um, like our our offense, uh, like Wilkie was, uh, you know, Wilkie's five ten, and um, you know he's not the tallest quarterback in the world. So what we did is we rolled him out, and 
we had uh, our place, the rollouts were red and blue. And uh, uh, that's how we, you know, we just did so much because it, the, uh, that other people didn't do. And uh, I basically think the the, the, uh, the way we were coached uh, through the Huey years were, uh, um, it changed the game. It changed the game. Well, it's interesting you're giving a lot of credit to Hugh Campbell and the coaches because he gave a lot of credit to the players for being motivated and wanting to improve every year. But maybe that's what makes a championship team. No, nobody wants the credit. Everybody's always willing to spread it around. No, I think that's a really good point because uh, um, at that time, coaches, uh, you know, were most coaches were yellers and screamers. You make a mistake and they're yelling and screaming at you. Um, and that's not the way it was on our team. And the uh, the thing that was most important about that was that that, that, that all came came from the top with Huey. And um, you know, Huey was uh, he uh, he had people. Um, he understood the people side of football. I think better than anybody that I've ever seen. And uh, then being a good uh, a great football mind, uh, you combine that, then you're going to get the most out of people. Back in that day, did you have a special teams coach or someone that worked specifically with with the kickers and the returners? Um, yeah, the coaches all kind of worked with it. You know, whether it was a kickoff or uh, you know whether it was kickoff, kickoff return, or what what it happened to be. Like we didn't have a lot of coaches. I mean, we only had uh, four coaches. They, uh, you know, we had offense, defense, uh, O line, D line. And then, uh, then special teams, and uh, well, we didn't have special teams, sorry. So it was, um, you know, it was the kind. Of, the coaching staff was small, but uh, you know, they were uh, as hokey as it sounds. They, you know, we had a couple of old guys, and then, uh, and then we had uh, Don Matthews. He's 37 years old, for God's sakes. And uh, I mean, I, I looked at him as an old guy because I was 32. <laughs> But the, uh, no, but they just did things. They did things that uh, other people weren't doing. Just they didn't didn't coach by convention. They coached by necessity, and I think that that's. Uh, I think that that was something that made us very very special. Okay, so you guys won five great cups in a row, and the '81 game gets talked about a lot because even though that was your best regular season it turned out being your closest great cup game way behind 19 points at halftime. You win it with a field goal on the last play of the game. You were down 20 to one. You guys won 26, 23. Um, first of all, was just, what do you remember uh, about that game about being behind against a team that, you know, supposedly on paper, you were supposed to roll over and all that kind of stuff. Tell me about just be- before we got to your kick, the-, the process of fighting back in that game and-, and dealing with such a huge deficit. Well, I think the the, the thing that was, I mean, we were just all, uh, you know, it was just a complete ambush. And the uh, none of us, uh, you know, we were just all shell-shocked. And then, uh, so Huey put in Wilkie at the start of the, start of the second quarter. And Wilkie got things going. You know, all of a sudden we got settled down and we uh, we started to move the ball. And uh, so that, you know, we were looking pretty decent uh, going into the second half. And Huey didn't even come into the dressing room for the first part of uh, halftime. And then Wilkie, Wilkie got up on, on the bench 
uh, you know, just to talk to everybody. And, uh, you know, just, you know, the five, five minute bell went off that, uh, you know, five minutes we're going back on the field. And Huey wasn't even in the, in the dressing room. And uh, so Wilkie got up on, on the bench and he said, we've, uh, you know, we've won this many games this year. And sometimes we won them in the first half. Sometimes we won them in the second. So let's go get them. And then, uh, and then Huey, Huey uh, came into the dressing room right after Wilkie had, had, had stopped that or finished his, uh, his speech. And uh, Huey just said, they showed up. Let's go get them. <laughs> so that was the way we went. <laughs> So if you kick at the end of the game, um, I mean, you know, you know what's on the line, obviously. And I think for fans, maybe it's it's a tenser moment than for the player who is actually executing. Is that fair to say, or did you feel tension on that play? Well, if you didn't, your IQ is not over seven. I can tell you that. <laughs> but the uh, we used to practice uh, from. From the very first days that uh, uh, I was with Edmonton, and Dwayne Mandrusiak used to hold the ball all the time, and we would practice uh, just by ourselves, and we would practice six seconds to go in the Grey Cup, and we would kick it until we got you know two or three in a row, and so when we ran out in the field, there was six seconds left on the on the clock. It says three seconds. It says three seconds uh, uh, officially. But the, when we ran out in the field, there was there was six seconds, and uh, so we we practiced this a thousand times. We knew that they would probably do one of three or four things to to try to rattle me, and then uh, then we go to work again. So they did one that we completely expected. And Wilkie said, uh, he we went back into the huddle, and he said uh, he said yeah they fell right into our trap. And so we went right back and kicked it. And that was that was the deal. Well, what did and, what did uh, they do? Did they call timeout or did they well, delay they the game? They called timeout. Yeah. Okay. They called timeout. And you see, we had a we had a thing with uh, pressure, with uh, with 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 pressure uh, with pressure is uh, we had a definition for of pressure for the young guys, the old guys, for everybody. And pressure is the most selfish emotion you can feel because it's your fear of your failure. And if that's all you're, if that's what you're concerned about, there's probably a good chance that you're going to fail. But if you're, if there's a grenade rolling across the uh, the uh, the room, and everybody looks around and says, "Who's going to get it?" You're going to blow up. So that was the same with with pressure for us. Just go do it and uh, make it happen for everybody. And that was the, that was the deal. It was uh, as as hokey as it sounds. Um, the pressure on that was uh, no. It was um, it was not great. Believe me. What well, was somebody just texted in about the, their memory of that game? That Tony Gabriel got an offensive pass interference uh, call late in the game that helped you guys get the ball back and prevent Ottawa from scoring. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, I do. Tony didn't think it was interference, and I and that was right near our bench too. He said words I hadn't even heard yet. <laughs> But obviously it was interference, right, for all the Edmonton fans. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely yeah. it was. Absolutely it was. And, uh, no, it was it was phenomenal. But I think the thing that's, that was really, that really marks the Healy years is that um, it was the turning of the corner for, for coaching because all of a sudden people or players stopped being um, – 
you know, stop being chattels and stop being, um, you know, just numbers and, and pieces of meat, which was a lot of the way a lot of teams treated, treated players. And Huey treated everybody as people. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was a pleasure to play for him. Um, I mean, uh, we, I don't think we would have been, uh, as a group as great or, or as good as we got, uh, without, uh, Huey just opening up and, making sure that people did whatever they could do, uh, you know, just using the talent that they had and just take it to the edge of the wall. And, um, you know, I think it was, it was the greatest of times because uh, I don't think we would uh, have ever been, been there without the coaching staff or without Huey. He let us all loose. He let everybody become who they should be. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Dave Cutler joining us tonight on Inside Sports. You were a straight-on kicker, and Dave, of course, we know that uh, there's now a couple generations of fans who have to look that up when I say it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, look, you watch. Unfortunately, we don't have a, a CFL this season, but we've seen you know kickers with big legs, and uh, they don't always make them, but it's not unusual to see a couple of around 60 yards or longer tried in the NFL uh every week it's it's come a long way hasn't it yeah it really has and it's really interesting for especially in the nfl um the nfl uh, if you look at next time you're looking at an nfl game look at the goalposts and look at the hash marks and the hash marks go right down to the goalposts and so that when you got your head down and you're going to kick a football or you're going to kick the ball, you just have to kick it between the hash marks. So you never get lost on where, where the posts are. And number two, the, uh, the ball that they use is about a half an inch shorter than the one we used to use. Uh, it was a ball called a J5V. And so the, the uh, thickness of the ball over top of what the length of the ball is, that it makes it a little easier ball to control. And I've always thought that the the Canadian kids, uh, you know, the Canadian guys that are kicking, have always had a, a little harder ball to kick than uh, what the American ball was. Somebody else just wrote in here. Uh, we, we got a lot of we got a lot of people schooled in in Dave Cutler trivia listing tonight. This is pretty good. Uh, this gentleman says, "I remember in 1977, Dave tried a 71 yarder in Saskatchewan. Had the distance, but wide. Does that ring a bell? No, it came down and hit the goalpost. Like oh, he hit the, the upright. Oh, hit the crossbar. Yeah." And Bill Baker, I'm sure that the the person that's writing in about this uh, would remember Bill Baker from Saskatchewan, and he was yelling at me from uh, while we were lining up to make this kick. It was the last play of the half, and they um, um, so he's yelling at me from the other side. He's going to rip my head off and do all. Now Billy and I were good friends. I mean, we laughed about this stuff, and so everybody just turned and watched. We didn't cover, and they didn't go back. Everybody just turned and watched. It was unbelievable. And then it, then it came down and it uh, hit the crossbar. And Billy, who was uh, right beside me, said, you lucky bugger. <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. Oh, did, I, did I mention there might have been a wind on that? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fine. Hey, 71 yards is 71 yards. When it says longest oh. field goal in the record book, it doesn't say wind aided, right? It just has yeah, the distance. Right. No, that was uh, 
No, that was an, that uh, that year '77 was an amazing year. That I mean, that was the year we went to Great Cup. We thought that we were, you know, we we had a really good chance of um, of doing what we went to Great Cup to do. But uh, that was the the one where they they turned it into an ice rink, and uh, they had staples and we didn't. I mean, everybody's kind of laughed about that staples thing. Made all the difference in the world. It's the difference between a an ordinary tire and a studded tire. And uh, no, I thought they really stole it for stole it from us that year. Yeah, yeah. Well, that one's a legendary game uh, that that didn't go our, our way here in Edmonton for sure. Dave, we got to have you on more often because I always enjoy talking to you. You're a great storyteller. And before I let you go, let let fans know what you're up to these days. How are you keeping busy or not busy, perhaps? Well, I'm, I'm I'm retired now, <laughs> and uh, people that uh, used to work for thought I should have retired a lot earlier, but that's. Uh, no, I'm. I was with uh, the Jim Patterson Broadcast for uh, 20 years, and um, no, I missed the job. But uh, now it's it's great to just be home and just enjoy uh, what's going on. And uh, you know, I can't wait till uh, COVID's over so we can you know start traveling to see grandkids in Alberta and and uh, you know just just start to enjoy things that um, you know we the work life doesn't allow you to do. Yeah, right on. Hey, Dave, thanks for making time for me. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, the fans, uh, you know, remember you so fondly and they love hearing from you tonight. Let's talk again soon, man. All the best. Oh, uh, Reed, I'd love to do it, man, because I, I love talking about those about those teams and the people that made them tick and, uh, you know, and the people that, uh, you know, were the part of the engine that uh, just ground all those great cups out of there. Anyway, right on. Uh, thank you, Reed. Thanks for thinking of old guys. Absolutely. If you ever see me, don't you ever laugh. I'm really embarrassed about how, how old I am now. <laughs> That's okay. That is Dave okay, Cutler man. checking Thanks in tonight. Okay. He's a beauty. Thanks very much. Great stuff. Thanks. Great stuff. Dave Cutler on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Inside sports. We're going to take a quick time out. Green and gold, great cup week. All right. Little Edward Van Halen on the lead guitar. Field goal at the end of the first half for the Seahawks. They're up 16-7 on the Cardinals, Russell Wilson with a couple of touchdown passes, Kenyon Drake with the Arizona touchdown, uh, Metcalf and Lockett scored the majors for Seattle in that game. Well, green and gold, gray cup week. It has been an absolute blast. And tomorrow night, I can tell you, we are going back. We are going back to the three in a row of the 1950s. Yes, we're not going to ignore that just because it was a while ago. So uh, I look forward to talking about that tomorrow night on the show. Don't forget Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to two. He has Elliot Friedman on the show who wrote a uh, relatively pessimistic article today on sportsnet.ca about the, uh, the chances of a next NHL season. Well, maybe just about the obstacles standing between 
the present day and dropping the puck maybe sometime in January. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy is your studio operator. Always get more on 630ched.com, globalnews.ca. My name's Reed. Thank you for listening. 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Ched.